welcome to The Truth in His Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and I am jazzed to be in conversation today with my next guest, the founder of the Baltimore Jazz Festival. Please welcome Landon White. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rob. It's a pleasure. I've been seeing your work over the last few years, man. I'm loving the podcast, loving what you're doing. Thank you, man. And I mean, we're, we're fellow alums. Let's, let's, let's keep it real, you know, keep it authentic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Mor- Morgan State, you know, this, you know, and then I think you also, you know, you're, I believe you went to city. If you went to Polly, I do I apologize. Went city. I went to city. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, let's just to say, um, all my last, if I went to friends, but I always wanted to go to city. Yeah. That's, that's where my heart is. So right it is what it go. is. It's the right place to go. You know, you're just kind yeah, of hey. oranges, you know, <laughs> listen, I get it. I get it. So, so thank you for making the time and, and coming on. And, you know, before we like delve into the, the main course, if you will, I want to like start off giving you the space to introduce yourself to the audience, um, you know, give them a bit about your background and maybe some of those music festivals or music related experiences that had an impact on you. Oh, okay. Um, Landon White, born and raised in Baltimore city. Um, I, you know, kid that started at Cecil Elementary, um, matriculated to a middle school called St. Ignatius. Then I went off to Friends and Morgan State. And one thing about Morgan State is you can be next door to um, a football player and then your roommate could be a gentleman from Philly that plays the piano for the music department. And two doors down, you can have a guy in the band playing the cymbals, you know, so you, you just never know uh, who you're going to be with in the dorms. And that was the first time I got truly introduced to music, um, live music in regards to go-go music. That's the first time I've, you know, truly had live music um, to that extent. Uh, now, of course, I was in the course in high school, but I was the kid that, you know, I had the, uh, the professor sat me next to the best singer in the, in the school. I'm pretty sure the young man went to Maryland to sing. Uh, and every time I was off key, they would, you know, give me an elbow and nudge me. You know, I had to take the course simply to finish. Right. That was part of my prerequisite to graduate. And I took it my senior year, which everyone else took it their freshman and sophomore. So that was that was an experience. Um Went off to Howard Law, and from there, you know, a lot of my buddies are in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just some, some of them attorneys, a lot of them just manage, right? And um, from there, um, you know, I actually uh, met my wife from uh, at Morgan, okay? Uh, and her family is a music family. Um, I was in Canada. I want to say maybe 2014 or 15, not too sure when. And I met a drummer who I get his band incorrect all the time. The band is Snarky Puppy. I used to call him Puppy Pup, Puppy Snark Pup, 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 or whatever. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a kid from Baltimore. I didn't know. I never heard him before (laughs) a day in my life. And, you know, I travel a lot all over the world. And this was the first time that someone had... When I asked me, hey, where you're from? I said, I'm from Baltimore, you know, and I gave him the Baltimore accent. I don't say Baltimore, you know, and his eyes lit up and it was like, man, you from Baltimore? Home of Chick Webb and Dennis Chambers. And he named some younger drummers. I had no idea who they were. And, you know, I'm looking at this dude like, bro, I don't know who any of those are. I know who Chick Webb is. You know, Chick Webb, I think, is a swimmer. You know, and he looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, he like, where are you from? I said, man, I'm from East. Like, I've played in Chick Webb's gym probably 
a hundred times. You know, that was growing up. That was the main kind of gym. I remember beating the snot out of teams and I remember getting the snot beat out of us, <laughs> you know, at, at, in Chick Webb's gym. And, um, you know, 10 and under, 12 and under. Of course, when you get 14, 16, you start playing at, uh, you know, Lake Clifton or some other bigger gyms. But that was the first kind of swimming pool for blacks in the city before the YMCA was built. Right. So I'm thinking he's an athlete, you know, the chick web gym or, you know, a basketball player. I had no idea he was a drummer. And I also had no idea he was a drummer with uh, a disability. He was a hunchback short. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think back on it, it's like, wow, how does someone else that is miles away, you know, uh, in another state, in another country, know more about my city than I do. And I, you know, I'm like, I, you know, I read, I'm very, uh, as even as a child, always looking and, and looking at different, you know, trophies and whatever, for some reason, it never hit me that Chick Webb was a drummer. Mm. And, uh, from there I got invited by the gentleman and, and it's Larnell Lewis, by the way, uh, drummer for Snarky Puppy. I got invited to the Detroit jazz festival, man. I went to the Detroit jazz festival and it reminded me of what Afram used to be, but with all types of people, right? Like it's a vibe that I, I just can't explain. I didn't know any of the music, but it was like, oh man, the food was great. Um, the people were great, you know, and it's, it's an environment where, and, and we can talk about, stereotypes and racism and and all of that but it's an environment where you know like forget people clutching their purses you get the old women walking up to you where oh where you going next you know and i'm i might have been 28 29 at the time and i'm like this lady come to me where am i going next like you know are you going to go see this band or that band or are you going to see carmen later and (laughs) and i'm like Lady, I, you know, I'm, I'm just hearing the vibe, you know? And so a few years went past and, um, I kept kind of looking and searching and there, there was not one, right? This is maybe 20, like I said, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. Like I'm looking like, okay, you know, we got the Detroit jazz festival. We got Chicago taste this. We have a lot of these major festivals, but Baltimore has, you know, how do I say this the right way? When you do your history on Baltimore and music, mm. of course, you have to give the love to, you know, New Orleans, right? Mm. Um, then music-wise, people know Motown, mm-hmm. right? Detroit. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, Baltimore has basically neglected its music scene. And so we basically held the crown from like 1920 till about 1950, right? Or even earlier than that. Um, I'm not a historian, but when you look at it, like, you know, you had New Orleans, but Baltimore was on a tear with our top artists. I mean, who's better than Billie Holiday, right? Like, you know, these are the folks that we know and that either they grew up here or they were born here um, and they played here. Uh, and so when I basically look back on how I got to where I am now, it's basically, I got tired of people talking negative about my city. 
Um, I spent a lot of time in South Africa and uh, as well as in, you know, different parts of Africa and the Caribbean. Um, and so, you know, when you say you're from Baltimore, you get the wire, you get Freddie Gray, you get, you know, all the the kind of, you know, the corruption or alleged corruption, which that's a whole nother story. But in the end, it's like, you know, I did it to kind of give something back to the city. Like, hey, this is, I want to do this because I want people to come into Baltimore or I want people to be in Baltimore. Like, hey, we're known for, for jazz, for great music. And um, we're getting there. We're getting there. So I, I, have, I have two things I want to say, and we're going to dive for a little bit further in there. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of times we are a place, right? If if there's not a lot of PR or a lot of um, narratives that are like sort of holistic about a place, right. our pop culture is our reference point, right? What what are our exports? And I've been playing with this, you know, a lot. Like in, in Philadelphia Falls, and you hear about the Philadelphia sound, right? Oh, and, my God. Yeah, amazing. If, if you look at it. Philadelphia, from a pop culture standpoint, right, for the last 50 years has had something relevant in conversation, mm -hmm. whether it be the Rocky now Creed sort of lane. That's mm -hmm. 10 movies. You've had Always Sunny in Philadelphia on for like 15 seasons. You got Abbott Elementary popping. So that's kind of there. So when people talk about Philly, which is very similar to Baltimore, just a, a very hope, you know. People don't talk about some of the, the different problems that are there because they have these other things. And music is one of the last parts of it in Motown Philly, you know, <laughs> and you you don't sort of have that here in in a big in a big bag sort of crossover way. And I think there are instances where popular artists will take influence from club music for sake of argument. But we'll call it Jersey Club. We'll call it something else and doesn't really put that sort of like stamp of. Nah, we took this from Baltimore. We we borrowed this. Hey, this is an invitation or entry point to dive further into this genre and maybe even that culture or maybe that larger city community and all of that. Um, and yeah, sort of this other thing that you touched on, having having love for your city. You know, that's the main reason behind this, behind doing this podcast. That's the motivator behind all of it. You know when there's a good interview, when there's a not in a good interview, when there's two downloads, when there's 200, 2000, whatever, it's still driven by, I want to be able to show all of the cool stuff that I see here and that I, you know, folks that I talk to here, because I think it's missed on a lot of conversations. And as a person that spends time in Philly, that spent time in New Orleans recently, you know, when people say, when people ask, where are you from? Huh? I was like, I'm from Baltimore. Even though I don't sound like it from what I've been told, I don't sound like I'm from Baltimore. Uh, yeah, no, no. You have your voice. You you have an A one voice. Um, <laughs> I, I truly believe you keep doing this podcast, man. I, you know, I think some some major networks going to steal you from us. But continue. <laughs> so, so, but that's the thing. I definitely wear it with with like a proud like sort of stamp. You know, like yo, this is where I'm from. And you know, I definitely when I go out in New Orleans, it's a certain degree of reverence. Like they know, they know what's up, and it touches back on what you were saying earlier. You got the place that's synonymous with jazz saying, no, we know what y'all got up there. You know? Yeah. I, and and what's happened is, is basically we just haven't invested in it. Like when you talk about Philly, right? Mm -hmm. I went to a jam session after I went to the Blue Note New York. I think it was at a club called Nobu or No it's No Blue. It's not the, the, <laughs> the food, high-end food restaurant, but it's like a, it's a jazz restaurant in New York. 
And, um, you know, it was a Robert Glasper show. Robert Glasper, all his band went there. And some of them was like kind of hitting in. And, uh, you know, the house band were Philadelphia musicians. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what happens is when you invest mm -hmm. in major festivals, right? People want to talk about, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I don't really know if I believe in trickle down economics, but I do believe in trickle down culture if it's done the right way. Mm -hmm. Right. Because right now we have some of the best musicians playing with some of the top artists, right? Yeah. But the musicians themselves are top, right? But then if you don't give them a platform, mm -hmm. you know, like a Roots Picnic, you know, and as much as you say, oh yeah, Afram back in the day, I'm like, well, Afram back in the day, you know, they had a major budget, but they, they rarely put mm -hmm. the local artists on the main stage. You know, they would put us here's this small stage in the back and you do your thing, you know, we'll figure it out. Your you local know? spotlight. <laughs> and um, even, even Artscape. And it's like, hey, you know, this festival, for me, it's, I'm going to put, yes, I'm going to bring the Grammy Award winning artist in. Yeah. But if you are the top, if I consider you one of the top saxophone players in Baltimore. I believe you are one of the top saxophone players in the world. Mm -hmm. Don't let Grammy Award winning Casey Benjamin hit this stage and you don't try to burn it down first. Right. Right. And I've had very honest dialogue with the musicians and I, I get it. Musicians are very close-knit about their stuff. It's a when you when you are on the Baltimore Jets stage, I'm going to I'm promoting you guys. I'm not just promoting the artists, the main artists that we're having. I'm trying to put you guys in position to travel all over the world, so that when you come back to Baltimore, you hit this festival. And you know we're doing this on a shoestring budget right now. You know, so so hold on, hold on. Let's 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 really let's re reset that stage real quick. Uh, because I think that's because we're going to go into it. And I definitely, you know, want to have sort of that description for those who who aren't getting it. So, you know, I find like a lot of times when we're building something up, right, it's, you know, usually to, I think, address something, you know, there's something that's missing, something that's lacking. You'll hear stories about, yeah, I opened up this taco place because there was no good tacos in my town. So it was like, oh, okay, cool. Or, you right. know, we have our, our sort of curiosity. I wonder what this scene looks like. What would it look like if they had a place or infrastructure or a festival, if you will? And that's one of the reasons why, like, I started the podcast. I had this curiosity. Who is doing great work here? Or I wanted to kind of highlight folks that are doing great work here. So, you know, from from the lens of what you're doing with Baltimore Jazz Festival, talk about that. Like, what was the, that initial thinking you know, saying, you know what, let's let's make this happen. And what was that sort of like first conversation when it went from sort of like idea? You you, you touched on sort of that festival period in the mid aughts <laughs> through, you know, like now, like what was that sort of initial conversation? Like, you know, what, we're really going to do this. Um, The initial I would say it was probably dialogue over uh, a certain time frame. <laughs> um. I guess when I got back from Canada, it was like, you know, I, I got the A. Landon 
if you do this festival, we'll figure out a way to come down to Baltimore. You know, this is Larnell uh, and his wife, you know, and Joy Laps was an amazing artist, by the way. I think, you know, I think she probably had one of the top three performances of the festival in 2019. But um, and then it's talking to my peers like, hey, you know, have you ever been to a jazz festival? Nah, not really into it. Um, and just like throwing the idea around. And then it came down to, OK, whom? who can we book? Mm. I reached out to all of the top artists. Um, I won't say who told me no, but I'll say that Chelsea Green told me yes first. Mm. Okay. And I liked her vibe. I liked the music she did. It's like, hey, she has a violin. She's a professor. Um, she can play. She can give the straight ahead jazz this is what I want. What are you guys doing playing this other music? She can give those enthusiasts what they want, but she can also bring somebody like me in who's, you know, who didn't know what an upright bass was six years ago, you know? And I'm, you know, I'm not going to say how long ago because it was, <laughs> it was way, way more recent than that. Um, and when you start getting those riders and technical, you're like, what, how much is this? I got to have this on stage. But, you know, it's, um, it was just needed. And it's like, it was needed from someone who it meant more than them than just, Hey, I'm gonna do this one time and I need to make money from it. You know, um, a lot of people don't know it's actually my birthday weekend. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't present it to my friends. It's my birthday weekend. A lot of times the next day, me and my lady were out, you know, me and the wifey were gone. Um, but it's. I mean, I could go to the club and, you know, and, and travel and do all these other things and spend money. Why not kind of put it in my city? Mm. Uh, but also. Man. Um, yeah. Once you start like. Once you start connecting the dots, like, yo, they don't have they don't have a jazz festival. Like, what's going on? And like I said, a lot of folks did it, tried it, you know, and stopped doing it. And you know, there was an open a lane for it. And um, I think at this point, you know, we went from what two hundred and something people uh, to over three thousand. Nice. You know, so you know it's. And, and that's paid. That's last year. We probably had more people coming into town outside of Baltimore City than even Baltimoreans. So it's a tourist component, too, to it. It's like it's I like to use the term magnet. It's a magnet opportunity like, hey, you have people coming in. It's going to be a bump for the local economy. You know, it's going to be a bump for just people being able to see different parts of Baltimore because it's so has each year so you, this is what the third third one this is the this is the third we did one in 2019 mm -hmm. so in 2018 i was like are we going to do it did one in 2019 there was a strike at the marhoff the bso went on strike right so we had the marhoff trust me having the marhoff is a lot better than doing it at a <laughs> doing it at a parking lot downtown baltimore city okay in june <laughs> at the horseshoe casino when the horseshoe casino didn't have the best 
publicity at the time. Okay, uh, so where where the where the top golf is now was basically where we had our uh, our first jazz festival. Okay, yeah. um, and you know to see people. I mean, you can kind of Google. There was this couple, uh, gay couple, uh, that were there celebrating the anniversary. Um, then there was this like, you know, older white couple from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who wanted to come see, you know, Lionel Lewis. Um, then we had and and the and people had blogged about it yeah. in 2019 on YouTube. And because they didn't have the right type of hashtags, I just saw it like in 2022. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so this year, I mean, we sold out. They first they only gave us 25 rooms. Then we sold out 50. I think they said we sold out over like 90, I want to say 98 rooms last year yeah. at the Hilton Hotel. Nice. So, you know, we have a letter from them saying, hey, we had to hire more people. We had to, you know, do this. And, you know, basically, you know, they gave us our economic impact from that event. Uh, we did the numbers. We kind of did the numbers similar to how they do Preakness. And without getting one dime and really no help from the city, we've already had over a million dollar impact on the city already. That's, right. For this past year. Yeah. So, yeah, man, you know, it, that's what it's about. And I mean, outside of Preakness, I don't see any other event where people are actually flying into town. You know, of course, you got Preakness, you got the Orioles game, you have big sporting events but when you talk about music we don't, I don't see anybody else you know uh you know selling out 90 something rooms of a hotel room i just don't see it when you're when you're talking music and culture it's it's sort of that that shift you know like people are looking for what's still around you know coming out of sort of the pandemic at its peak or what have you what's still around what is going to be around and looking for something to do during those summer months, during when people are inclined to be outside and music, you know, a music festival, a jazz festival, that is something that definitely seems like it's outside live music, people getting together, people shaking it up and enjoying themselves. And that's what you're building. That's what you're continuing, continuing to build. And, you know, hearing about the impact because you know, I roll my eyes when anyone talks about like impact as far as a reason not to do it. Right. But yeah, when, yeah. <laughs> but when you have the impact that backs it up and it's like, well, here's the thing that you want. Here's this goalpost or here's yeah. the sort of reasoning. Now what? And, you know, it almost feels like from a tourism standpoint, right, if people are flying in, there are a few different entities that should be definitely wanting to come to the table and have a conversation with you of how can we support this? How can we make this part of, you know, maybe our next year's plans and all of that stuff. And which brings me to, to this question. Um, so what does the typical day look like for you? Now here's this, here's the context. What's the typical day look like for you 12 months before the festival? And how's it compared to three months before the festival? Right now, uh, what I did was 12, 12, 12 months out from the festival uh, last year, the Sunday actually fell on my birthday. So, you know, I was probably asleep the next day. <laughs> However, um, that next week we turned in our permits immediately on June, I want to say June 24th. 
Mm. Right. Last year we turned in our permits and we were going to do it at, um, Canton doc in Canton area. Uh, but then we, is that Canton? No, what's that? What's, what's the off the water when you're on Boston street? That's not Canton. Uh, so no, that's Canton. That's Canton. Can't. Okay, so whatever that can't and like water, we were gonna do it there, yeah. uh, and then you know we got you know we kind of got a little bit of like back, like oh we don't know we gotta do meetings. I'm like all right, well we're just gonna move it. Um, the Charles Village as well as the Wyman Park Dell, they were all on board. Luckily, they did know some of the artists we were gonna have, and so the problem is even though we turned it in early. Man, we didn't actually have the permits until the week of the festival. So, you know, we were really taking a gamble in regards to that. So right away, I went ahead and got the permits this year. Um, and then also, I know people saw what we were doing, and I knew they were going to try to, like, kind of copy. Um, I'm kind of seeing that with some other major festivals uh, that are kind of in the same area. Shout out to City Polyfest. That was absolutely amazing this past year. Um because uh, they kind of set the the benchmark for a lot of other festivals that are happening down in that area. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the park. The acoustics are great. Um, and we're trying to pump out old video from previous. Uh, everybody last year was CC Peniston. <laughs> She's not a jazz artist. What's this? But then when you hear some standards from CC Peniston, when you hear, you know, her voice, her yeah. voice is undeniable. Right. And so, you know, you have a lot of jazz artists that are like, okay, yeah, you're a great jazz artist, but you know, can you can you can you hang with Whitney Houston? Right? Like, can you hang with, you know, some of the greats? And some of them can, but there are level there are levels to it. So if I can get some of the best singers from our time to give us some jazz, why not? Right. Um, what else? Uh growing the social media. Last year, we had about 2,500 day of the festival on Facebook. Now we're at about 4,300 on Facebook. Uh, that's, so that's about seven months since then. Day of the festival on Instagram, we were at about 700. Now we're at about like 2,100 on Instagram. So, you know, you're just trying to pump, pump stuff out, give people that FOMO, you know, <laughs> that little bit of fear of missing out. Like, oh, man, we missed out. Like, yeah, we had you know, some Grammy award winning artists on our stage last year. And I want to say maybe about seven, eight months out. Um, we're trying to see who we're going to keep on the team. Mm. You know, if we're going to change the team around what we like, what we didn't like, uh, and trying to reach out the sponsors. Right. And so what we've realized and noticed that we're still in that kind of, there's nobody else doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of meeting, greeting. Hey, come out, check it out, see what this is, take a look at the video. And quite frankly, um, what we're doing is we're trying to make sure. I'm sorry about that. Let me put this on. I don't know why it did that. I'll make sure I'm on Do Not Disturb. I do apologize about good. that. Good brother. Good. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Uh, anyway. but let me let me interject real quick with, Go with this. And, and going back to is one of the things where you know folks when you're you're doing something that's new and I've been writing this thing when whenever I get a no or not right now or whatever that isn't the outcome that I'm looking for right 
I'll just say, oh, they, they just don't have the vision, you know, and I find that, you know, I've talked to a few folks. Hey, so, you know, you're doing these interviews in Philadelphia. I thought this was a Baltimore only thing. It's like, no, it wasn't. And, and I just explained what my vision is and keep it rolling. And but I, but I'll, I'll mention this to you, you know, so New Orleans Jazz Fest, using that as mm-hmm. an example. So that's that's coming up. And, oh, baby. Yeah. And but do you know you, the first like three names are on there? None of them are jazz people. You got Ed Sheeran, you got Lizzo. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's my point. You know, yeah. like, it, it's, it's jazz and heritage. It's like if you're saying like this is what we have here and we also have a mix of these other musicians, these other experiences that you're curating as the person that's booking and, and sorting yeah. a lot of this stuff out. That's the conversation. It's like, yeah. come, just come out and see it. Come out and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And, and that's what happens, right? Like it's, it's the only event that I know that I can have my boys and my mom in the same area. And we're really having a good time, yeah. right? Like I, you know, you know, this year, one of my colleagues is bringing their, their family from Louisville, right? Now there's a little bit of a graduation kind of going on <laughs> as well, but it's also like, Hey man, you know, I want my mom with your mom. Like, all right. So, you know, we, you know, we, going over the family, checking on our family, going to our part of the park, getting drunk. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a vibe, man. It's a yeah. vibe, but not too much to where it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's jazz, right? It's a vibe. I can't really, you know, that, that it's like an intimate succulent kind of <laughs> a vibe, you know? And so, you know, too far often when we go out in events in Baltimore, there's really nowhere to go where I, you know, if I want to go somewhere that my mom wants to go as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, last year we had a, you know, a colleague of mine set it up for her, for his mom to have our 70th birthday party. And she bought her mom who was 99 years old, you know, and, you know, I had, there are no children allowed unless you know the team. Right. And if you know the team, it got it. That child has to be, you know, in music lessons or got to be like close, close to me. Because, you know, Miss Suzanne doesn't want to have children running around while she's trying to enjoy Roy Ayers. Right. And so, you know, I got to know the male man. Like, what's going on? So last year we had maybe about four or five children. And I'm like, look, they're going to work. They're going to be volunteers. They come. Right. (laughs) Um. Man, now this is one of my guys from Morgan, but he came down from Philly, him and his wife. And they sent me a, a picture about three months ago with their child with a saxophone in his hand. Like, hey, I'm I'm practicing the one day be on the jazz festival stage. I'm like, did y'all do this purposely? Like, nah, man, he was at school. He chose the the the, the jazz electorate and you know, he came home with a dag on saxophone, you know, and it's like, you know what? That's what it's about, you know, and shout out to, you know, Casey Benjamin, Brent Burkhead, um, uh, 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 Clarence Ward. I mean, these kids, they work so hard on a craft mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. I, I give all of them a hard time sometimes. Like, hey, come on, man. Like, why, why, why are you not playing for me? Like, come on, you know, hold, hold us down until we get a big budget. You know, I need some help here. Right. Um, and then I also let them know, like, hey, I told, listen, you can ask Clarence. I love, love Clarence Ward. We had like a two week where we didn't text each other back and forth because I'm like, listen, man, 
The performance was high. It was high. Like, t- listen, man, 2018, excuse me, 2019, I have footage where the stage, he went first or second, and the stage was burnt down. <laughs> I could be wrong, and I'm not for sure. I'm almost certain that footage of him just crushing as well as his hard work. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find better solos than he put up out there. Right. And so it's like as artists, you need sometimes some people that aren't really in the in the jazz world. It's like, oh, man, you're amazing. You know, it's kind of like a hippie world. Right. Where everybody's like, oh, your music's amazing. And I'm like, Bruh. like, I don't know. I was I, I was a little bored, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's not that's not what I know you can bring to the table. You know, and um, and sometimes it's, it's, you know, I'm not anyone's manager, but it's also the light of fire. Like, dude, we have we have festivals all over the world now asking me about artists Mm -hmm. and potentially doing some trading. Hey, I'll bring your artists over here. You, You know, you put my Baltimore artists on your stage as well as other festivals. I mean, we posted Mo Horns. And then the week later, you know, they had the Harrisburg job, Harrisburg Jazz Festival job, you know? So, and that's what it's about, man. That's what it's about. So I got, let's see, and, and, I, and I think I got the artist stuff covered there, so that's good. I have one last real question for you, and then I have Go those fire questions. So here, here's the last one, and I think this is more of the pinning it all together sort of question. And in, in t- what are two to three qualities that make for a great festival? I'm I'm trying not to give my sauce away, but so much. I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you like you know three of my top ten. Um, <laughs> one, the food, mm-hmm. right? That's probably one of my top fives. If someone comes to your festival from Last year, Arizona, Virginia, Pittsburgh. I mean, we had them from all. We had them from all around the region. They have to leave your festival knowing, man, I can't get that from anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, right. If they don't get back on that plane, wishing they would have took an extra crab cake, <laughs> and complain, why is this crab cake thirty five, forty dollars? Mm-hmm. Right. At first, they taste it and they're like, man, they wish they'd have bought back some more money. <laughs> if they don't, if if the barbecue, if they can't smell the barbecue in the VIP area, because we make sure we keep it a little further away from the VIP and are willing to walk from VIP mm-hmm. to the place. If the cheesecake doesn't hit to the point where the guy next to you is like, look, man, you need to cheat, you know, you need to cheat on your diet. <laughs> because this fried cheesecake is amazing, then you, your, your festival is not up to par. Mm. Um, second, I'm not trying to get too much away. Um, <laughs> come on, come on, would, give it all to me. No, 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 I can't get a sauce away because <laughs> I got competition out here, man. People are trying to, you know, I'll say this. You have to be able to be known to find talent. We booked Samar Joy, this year's Grammy Award winner for Best New Artist and Top Jazz Artist in 2020. Mm-hmm. We had a book for 2021. COVID hit, and we had to move on 
Uh, we still have the contract. Uh, we'll see if we, you know, decide to have her perform this year or next year. We'll figure that out. Mm -hmm. But when you get a melting pot band, when you are able to talk to a Mo Horns who's played with all over the world, you know, when you're able to get a Brent Burkhead on a stage and then six months later he has a residency at, you know, the top jazz club in the region, you know, um, when you're able to get people first, mm -hmm. people are now going to show up early to your festival to be like, oh, man, we miss we miss so and so. Right. And oh, yeah, you missed them because they went on at two o'clock. Right. And so once again, some of the artists, they're like, oh, man, I don't want to say, listen, you got to follow the blueprint mm -hmm. because so many festivals, people will show up right when the main artist comes. I have you in this slot, not for you to feel good this year. I have you in this slot. So we have great footage. So next year, somebody's like, oh, they're going to show up early. And another thing is, and also that keeps your price down, right? Like if you can find good artists before they blow, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm not going to say we'll be booked some R. Joy for, but I'm pretty sure she's probably going for about 15, 20 grand now, right? Um, what else? Uh, lastly, it has to be a vibe where they know they can't get anywhere else, right? Like, Basically, I have to go to another festival to have this type of vibe. And one good thing about us is that it's still such an intimate place. Mm. You're not going to be bumping into people if you don't want to. Um, it's it, the the park can hold 10, 12,000 if we wanted to like pack everybody in standing in, right? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe 7,000. That's a, that's a bit much. Um, but how we had it spaced out, um, a 99 year old woman can roll in, right? Um, people, the, 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 the vibe, it's, it's safe. Yeah. You can, you can feel as though you're in the middle of Baltimore city and you forget you're in the middle of Baltimore city because of the activations, because of the people. Um, like if, if, if a DJ plays Meek Mills, I'm cutting them off. You got to get off the stage, man. Early. <laughs> Love you, but this is not our vibe, right? Yeah. Like if, if, if I don't hear at least a hundred people say, man, I haven't heard that song in forever, yeah. you know, or you got a mom and a daughter like, oh, man, I, mom, I used to play this when I was younger. Like, if that's not the vibe, for me at least, for our festival, um, then you can have it, right? Um, and that's how you're able to, I mean, at the end of the day, I like being with my mom. Like, if it, if it wasn't for this festival, I probably would not see my mom on my birthday mm. or around my birthday. But because of this festival, I get to hang with my family. Now, I'm running around with my head cut off because I'm making sure everything's going well. Yeah. But now, if you come Sunday at about 3.30, I'm going to indulge, okay? <laughs> uh, and uh, But yeah, those are three things that I'll say that those aren't my top three. But those are three things that out of the 10 that we definitely 
hit on. And at the end of the day, you got to give people some FOMO. You got to give people, oh man, we missed out on that. Yeah. And it and it can't be something where, hey, you know what? I missed out, but I can just go to brunch the next day and listen to the same music or the next week. It's like definitely there's a lot to be said about the the FOMO component, the creating an experience and a, a whole vibe that it's it's underappreciated. And I think when a in a when a culture, when a place, when a, a sort of situation has that, you you can't replicate it. You you can you know, it's like, this is what comes from us. We've curated this, we've organized this in a way and we're generating this, you know, from, from your team and all. So that's, that's, that's pretty much the, the two cents on that. So I'd like to, you know, continue success in that regard. And, you know, we'll see what happens this year. We're looking forward to it. Um, so as we, we move into sort of the, the rapid fire portion of this okay. podcast, uh, so don't overthink these, don't overthink these. Go uh, for it, man. Go for it. So I got five of them. Uh, what was the first show that you either watched or you attended? Like, what's the first show that comes to mind for you? It show is in what? Like a TV uh, show fest- or uh, festival? Um, Music oriented. Uh, it could be a live so- concert. It could be like I want to like you know, I went to this, this this concert this place. Um. 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 Uh, I think I saw. Nas and Lauren Hill a few years back. You know, I'm a big Nas fan, but I'll I'll say music wise, it's the it's the small. There's a jazz club in South Africa called the Crypt. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a vibe. <laughs> Cape Town, it's a vibe. Uh, it's called the or also Canada has some of the craziest musicians. So. Um, I went to a jam session that Larnell did, and I mean, you know, Justin Bieber's folks, The Weeknd's folks, like people say, oh yeah, I play for this person, oh, I play for this person, like, oh, okay. Um, and when you go to a crazy jam session, man, it's just, it's nothing like it. So, festival-wise, like I said, I already talked about the the, the Detroit jazz festival and all that, yeah. but it's the it's the smaller events around it that are like, yeah. a vibe like no other. What is your favorite color? green okay so it's very light-skinned thing to say you're you're, you're on the light ah, spectrum ah, ah, ah. i like i like the mid-tones i like the mid-tones I, I, you know uh uh let's see uh now this this is gonna be a tough one what, what is your go-to karaoke song like they put a mic in front of you you gotta sing What's oh i can't tell you that nah it, it's, right, it's rather right, fire. Right, so it's some video. all right so human nature michael jacks is my go-to all right and nobody in this world that's alive say the why, why like your boy, okay? <laughs> nobody in the world. Michael Jackson's no longer here, so I got to take up the mantle. That's my, I can't, I'm not giving you two, three, four, but that is, that's my number. That's my go-to. I hear you. Uh, let's see. Um, so you you mentioned food at, at, at a festival having to be, have, having to slap. So let's say, you know, busy hours, you know, organizing a festival, doing all the things that you have to do, all the responsibilities that you have to do. Inevitably, we get tired, we get run down. What is that sort of go to? It's going to hit. It's not a lot of effort meal that you make at home. Like, you know, lazy evening. I get you got to make something that's good. You got to make something that's quick. What is it? I'm making it. Yeah. Oh, man, I've been I've been spoiled the last <laughs> seven years, man. <laughs> um. 
I mean, I'm peanut butter and jelly, man. You know, I, I, that's what I'm a guy that 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 hits for me. You know, I'm a toasted a little bit. You know, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. Give me some. Give me some. Hopefully, some fresh juice, and I'm good to go, man. What, what kind? What kind of peanut butter? Is it crunchy, creamy? What are we? Doing? Um, you know, I've been. You know, the wife has kind of been organic freak, but it's definitely creamy. But probably like Whole Foods brand, man. You know, if I can, if I can skimp and bring the non-organic one in the house, I'm I'm gonna do that. But you know, that's basically it. I'm, I'm a texture guy. I like to, you know, just definitely I'm a crunchy individual, so I like to stick okay. at my peanut butter choice as well. I'm crunchy okay. personality wise, but also in terms of my peanut butter. Okay, alright. <laughs> uh, this, this is the last one I got for you. Um, and this is this one has been controversial. I took it out for a while, and I'm bringing it back. Oh, uh, you're bringing it back with me, Mister Controversial. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. What was your last Google search? <laughs> Hold on. Excuse my language. Um, <laughs> when that is the response. <laughs> uh, my last Google search was the federal sentencing guidelines. And what's a 34 in a federal sentencing guideline? It's something like 160 something months. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> luckily, luckily, a former guy didn't get that. But yeah, that was that was that was the federal sentencing guidelines and what's a 34 on it. So I had to find the chart. That was my official last Google search. <laughs> mine was not that informational. Mine was like, yo, how much do you need to sweat? You know, it was literally <laughs> it was literally some workout measurements. So yeah, it's a thing. Listen, listen, listen. You gotta know what you need that to know. Is, listen, I'm listen, I'm glad you didn't ask me, you know, <laughs> this morning, you know. <laughs> this is coming at the right time. <laughs> literally, literally. Um so that's that's pretty much it. Um so one, I want to thank you for coming onto this podcast and you know spending some time with me. And and two, I want to invite and encourage you in these final moments to um, you know, plug away, you know, share websites, social media, all of that good stuff for folks to check you out, learn more about the festival, learn more about getting tickets, all of that good stuff. Okay, so um yeah, so this year, you know, we have Roy Ayers, the legend, uh, in the scene. We have uh the songstress tweet. She's gonna She's contracted to give us three jazz standards. Uh, that's on Saturday, along with, you know, our illustrious folks that are play jazz locally. Um, Sunday, we have uh, Larnell Lewis. We have the the Melton Pot Big Band. Um, I believe we also had a school of the, Baltimore School of the Arts. Uh, we were told yes, but I have to check on that. Um, Casey Benjamin will be playing. Um, and, you know, we will have the jazz that people want to see. Uh, as I learn more about jazz, I don't want to turn this into a music festival. I have other ideas to do with a music festival. I want to do jazz here. So you're going to get your straight here. You're going to get your real jazz here. Um, of course, the Isaac Parhams, Clarence Wards, I think uh, Tim Green, Eddie Bacchus. I'm hoping we can get um, uh, Craig Austin uh and his band you know a lot of the local guys rodney kelly's his son uh, i've never had the the pops on stage but you know it's a lot of folks um i would love to eventually get you know uh warren wolf and these guys um but you know baltimorejazzfestival.com uh at baltimore jazz festival on instagram uh at the baltimore jazz festival on facebook 
and just know, you know, we're coming. Um, we have grown this thing from which we had 30 days to prepare for it in 2019 and had, you know, 200 and something on one day, about another two, maybe close to 300 on day two. Uh, last year, over two days, we had 3,000 people out there, 2,000 on Saturday, uh, approximately 1,000 on Sunday. Uh, our vendors sold out of food, so they had to run to Safeway to go purchase some more food. Uh, and uh, every year, we're looking to enhance the user experience. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if you have an opportunity to be in the host hotel, be in it. We're going to do some jam, jamming inside the host hotel. That's going to be the Hilton, the, the end of the colonnade, Hilton Doubletree, uh, right by Hopkins University. Uh, very safe area. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, we're here. We're here. I would like to thank everybody who has shown interest, uh, whether it's sponsors, future sponsors, whether it's the vendors who've been paying and who are ready to go. And, um yeah, man, it's it's an experience that you just won't have anywhere else in the city. Uh, and I'm I'm going to say even in the county, you know, and um, you never know when we move. You never know where we may be. You know, <laughs> there there's there's a lot of interest right now in what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, people already see it as kind of a flagship event. Um, and um, we're going to continue building this into probably one of the flagship events really in the world for jazz. Yeah. Uh, but I think over the next year or two, definitely in the region. So uh, that's it, man. It's, it's a good time where we, we are reclaiming our history. This is Baltimore. You know, I, of course I, I love the wild like everybody else. And, <laughs> you know, I, I've, you know, been on seeing both sides of Freddie Gray, as well as the officers. And, you know, this is something that brings us all together. You know, this is, this is, this is Baltimore. This is from <laughs> from Dundalk all the way to Owens Mills, you know, and uh, that's that's what it's for, man. So that's it. That's it on my end. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Landon White from the Baltimore Jazz Festival for coming on to the podcast and spending some time with me. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, jazz in and around Baltimore. You've just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.